KBLA Talk 1580. Unapologetically progressive radio. Black owned and operated from the heart of Lamert Park, USA. From the heart of Lamert Park, USA. We're listening and the convo continues heart, right now. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. All right, welcome back. Donna Meacher versus everybody with Kristen Kiara. Um, you know, very uh, interesting story coming out. Well, I guess, you know, with the, with the, the year up, um, we're getting a lot of statistics coming out. And they said Chicago... Um, is the deadliest city in a quarter century. Uh, Chicago recorded more than more homicides in 2021 than any other city in the U.S., including New York and Los Angeles. Um, they got, let's see here. So according to the uh, police department, 2021 ended with 797 homicides. So that's, Yikes. So that's basically two people dying a day, give or take. Um, that's 25 more than were recorded in 2020, 299 more than uh, in 2019, and the most since 1996. Uh, there were 3,561 shooting incidents in 2021, which is uh, just over 300 more than they were recorded in 2020, in 2020 uh, and a staggering 1,514 more shooting incidents that were recorded in the city in 2019. Um, they say the police uh, superintendent, David Brown, said the bulk of the homicides were a result of conflicts between rival gangs, mm. which I don't understand why. And this has been an ongoing problem going back through the Obama administration. And I don't understand how Chicago cannot get this under control. Well, listen, you got people like Drake coming out with <laughs> songs called Knife Talk, talking about gang stuff. That's all I'm on. I feel like we're pushing gang, gang behavior we've as a virtue. we've always pushed gang culture, though. We've yeah, but now it. it's not just gangster music. We're talking about Drake. I feel like it's being pushed into the mainstream as an acceptable way but to Drake solve is your gangster? problems. Well, Drake, I, Drake is gangster. I'm just saying I... I believe that there has been a decay in the moral fabric <laughs> of America, and we see it in our music, we uh, see it in our movies, and we push it as being something to be proud of and something that's acceptable instead of telling young black boys, yeah. hey, there are other options. The world is hard, and you have not been given maybe the best hand at life, but I think we can reach back and, and teach people it's cool to be smart. It's cool to read. It's cool to have aspirations for yourself outside of being part of a set. And I don't think that we're doing that. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's if that's what's responsible. I mean, you're right. That is, to a certain extent, what's responsible for the culture, um, the gang culture. And that, but I think it's a it's a bigger issue of that there are no fathers and a lot a lot of fathers not in homes. Number one. Um, opportunities in these in these cities are not uh, abundant. Um, the family structure is just jacked up to where you know used to be. You know when you had a father in the house, uh, daddy didn't play. Daddy got the big piece of chicken and he had the belt. You know and uh, um, and and uh, you know you, you you were disciplined by your father. But a lot of time, I, I think a lot of these men are either in jail, mm -hmm. um, just not there. You know, um, but it creates a vicious cycle. It does because again, I'm not blaming just music and media. I've just noticed it because we were on break. I was listening to a lot of music and looking up lyrics, and I was actually really disappointed in a lot of it. And I think at a certain point, yes, we need more opportunities and we need more wealth in the black community. But if it's going to start with us, we have to be brave enough to stand up and be like, "Look, that's not cool. We don't support it anymore. These are not the types of communities that we want to build." I think when our ancestors were escaping slavery fighting for our rights this is not what they had in mind in terms of how how we're going to live free i do see a segment of the black population that it, that is veering off 
um, from these big cities, buying land um, and carving their own path, becoming farmers. I, I see a lot more of that. Um, I don't. I, I, it's not a mass movement, but I do see a movement that is trying to disconnect from this urban culture and get into a more rural culture, which I think is a, is, is a good thing. Um, I don't know how to fix this. I I, 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 I don't know. Um, I don't know because it is a cycle. Hip hop music is, is at least for the next I don't know fifty years is probably going to be here. I don't I, I don't. But see I think people are things. afraid. I think it's one thing to have a conversation privately with your own kids or your family to say, "Hey, listen, I know this music is fun and it's cool, and I know the culture seems cool, but this is not how we." move in this family this is not acceptable in this household but when it comes to speaking out against people publicly nobody wants to put their mouth on a drake or nobody or a little wayne or a young jeezy or i mean the baby he he messed with the gay community well, now so. you're sounding like candace owens no but it's not it's not i feel like i have a different perspective from candace owens because candace has no compassion no, i think no. she blames everything on black people it doesn't matter what the issue is it's black people's fault the reasons that we're here are not necessarily our fault, yeah, right? So it like, says the woman is married to a white woman, yeah, a white guy. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, she don't, don't even get me started. No, I, 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 I do think that we, as in the black community, and and maybe this is something that BLM maybe should kind of like spearhead. And this is not just a right talking point. Uh, and and I know the right uses this a lot as a talking point. If Black Lives really matter, why doesn't it matter in the Black community? But I I think that's a, some medicine that maybe we need to take, and we need an organization like a, maybe a BLM to sit there and get out in the streets, or even the Nation of Islam to get out in the streets and say, listen, we need to stop the killing and the shooting, and we need to sit there and come and love our brothers and sisters and help our brothers and sisters. And and this is the shooting and killing and and this crime is exactly what some people in this in this country want you and to do. I think it's twofold right like there's if you are looking at a company for example you have your internal communications yeah. what you're communicating yeah, yeah. to other people then there's the external communications what you're communicating to customers and people on the outside I think BLM they're filling the role of the external communications of the black community they're dealing with things outside of our community okay but I do think that we need an organization or yeah. something to focus on what's happening I mean, within the black community because I, I think that's the one thing that is missing when it comes to the black community we are so um used to being on the uh offense for other people that are coming to you know use racism and uh and, and trying to kill systemic racism that, that, that things that are detrimental to us that we're not looking at fixing our house from the inside mm -hmm. you know we're just looking at protecting it from the outside and we don't hold people in our community accountable and i i think and i understand why it's people are afraid to do that right it's like i don't feel comfortable in a world where black men are still victims in so many ways putting my mouth on another black man in public i don't want to be a candace owens nah. to do that but at the same time if young jeezy is putting out a song mm. that's bad for the black community it has to be addressed. So, so what do you what do you think? You think that we need to start calling out? Um, we need to sit there as the black community come up with an edict that says, "Listen, stop, stop making anything or doing things that are putting us in a detrimental light, or or, or pushing a message out there that could be detrimental to I'm uh, all the survival of young African Americans." I'm all for freedom of speech. If that's the type of music and lifestyle that people want to push, which to me is ridiculous, because I know for a fact a lot of these guys they pay their taxes, they have nice houses, they have family, they're <laughs> upstanding. Drake is not actually 
like murking people with knives. It's acting. Okay? I would be. I wouldn't it's, be. What's well, entertainment? It's yeah, entertainment. It's, it's entertainment. It's not real, but they're pushing a lifestyle. And to your point, a lot of people don't have mentors or fathers in the household, and so they're not interpreting that as entertainment they're interpreting it as lifestyle and well, trying yeah. to live that lifestyle i just think back to when i was a kid i used to listen and eat up all of this stuff you know i thought everything that they rapped about on record that they were actually doing Mm-mm. and in reality they were just lying well not lying they were storytelling storytelling about you know about things that happen maybe they've seen or or that they've experienced in their neighborhood not necessarily it may happen to them but you know things that have happened but how do you see I think it's going to take like BET and black radio stations and a lot of these big platforms who are choosing to put these people on and in some cases make them the face of some of these movements and using them in their platforms. We're going to have to be like, we're not aligned with that. Well, can we keep BET uncut? Can we keep that? I does that still a thing? I haven't watched, <laughs> watched BT in, in so long. I, I'm Live. just saying. I mean, you know, can we not get rid of that? You know, I don't know. I just I think we got to do better. No, you're 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 absolutely right. I it does, and it's really going to take uh, someone to unite the black community. And this is you know this is a job that I felt um, Barack Obama should have been. Yeah. You know, I think I think that he has enough. Um, capital with African Americans and, and and our Caucasian brothers and sisters in this country to captivate our attention and um, help us formulate a plan to sit there and, and and become better and and you know knock off the things that we are that are, that are detrimental to our to because ourselves. at some point it feels hypocritical. Like how are we complaining that we don't have enough wealth and that we're so far behind economically? But then also I don't know if you saw. Cardi B's tweets about, you know, should you get a, a Brazilian butt lift first or get your teeth done first? And she was like, get the BBL first because it's cheaper and then you can use the money. <laughs> Guys will trick off you, blah, blah, blah. How are we simultaneously wait, saying wait, wait, wait. we're oh, trying to build she's, wealth She's for our thinking of the mindset of a stripper. That's what, that's yeah, what that is. Yeah, she's like, get the BBL, save your money, and then use that money to get your veneers or whatever. And it's like, so what do we want? Are we asking people are we trying to create policies so that we can make more money to have bigger butts or are we trying to actually create wealth and for our communities and not always be in a lower socioeconomic status like which one is it i i don't know all right fahim i see your uh phone call we're going to get to that when we come forward with uh, 800 uh, more of this conversation when we come forward it's kbla talk 1580 we know you have options, options. but thank you thank you for making the best choice. The only station in LA of the people, by the people, for the people. We are unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. Real leather. Broadcasting live from Lower Park, USA. Welcome back to your home for unapologetically progressive radio. KBLA Talk 1580. All right, let's go to uh, Fahima in DC. What's up, Fahima? Uh, Happy New Year, Fahima. Happy New Year to you guys. Are you, how's the weather out there? Is it freezing cold out it's, there? It's snowing, it's right? It's snowing. It's yeah. snowing. But, but the important question is, what have you guys done to Krista? Where is she? Uh, <laughs> she's just taking a little extended holiday vacation. She'll be back soon. Yeah, she was, okay. yeah, she was enjoying herself. She was yeah. having a good I had good my Christmas. little break. Krista's turn. Yeah. So you're and saying, you're, are you saying? I, I saw you. Go, go I saw you here on the uh, Black News Network. Very good. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for watching. So you're saying, yes, are, you. I'm getting a note here that says, uh, you, you say Kentucky and Missouri are, have more homicides than Chicago, or, or is that, yes, per, or is that, or is that well, per capita, well, first, you mean? Well, the first thing I wanted to preface is that there are organizations that are dealing with 
so-called black-on-black black crime. There's an organization called Ceasefire Don't Smoke the Brothers, which is comprised of re- returning citizens who are working with youth to prevent them going to the things that they have been through that are in D.C. and also in Chicago. And also in Missouri and in Kentucky, there is an out-of-control homicide rate, but they don't talk about that. They talk about Chicago because Chicago is predominantly black. But Missouri and Chicago and, uh, and Kentucky has an out-of-control homicide rate. Well, it, they're not, but more people have been killed in Chicago than, than Kentucky or, or Missouri, unless you're, you're talking about per capita uh, more John, people have been killed because we've got seven hundred and something murders. At least that that city is. At least, John, I would leases. encourage you to look at the victim crime survey. Just monitor it. Okay. There, the, the homicide rate is out of control in Kentucky, but they keep putting Chicago in the news. Well, Chicago's been in the news. This, this is not anything new. I've been I've been paying attention to Chicago violence. Um, Going back to the Obama administration when Rahm Emanuel was uh, was the mayor, and I, I I was thinking I'm like if Rahm Emanuel's a mayor who has direct access to the White House, how come they can't get you know regardless of w- where it's happening anywhere else, it's affecting black people in Chicago. Why can't they get this under control? Which I, I don't understand. Absolutely. Well, when I was a student at Howard, we were looking at the homicide rate in places like Missouri and Kentucky, yeah. but the, we were looking at the victims' crime survey of the homicide rate in Kentucky and Missouri. But the media only talked about the issues in Chicago. And so I just want to say, don't believe the hype because there are groups that are dealing with these issues in both Chicago and in D.C. who are returning citizens that are trying to, you know, address the issues with youth so they won't go through the things that they what, what, what are the issues in D.C.? Because I know D.C. had a high murder rate, right? At some point. I don't, well, I don't know if it's still up there or not. It's not so much a high murder rate. There's a high crime rate. Crime rate. And as I said, Ceasefire, Don't Smoke the Brothers are returning citizens who are mentoring young people to prevent them from, go, you know, going down the path that they went. Was there, was there like, lack of opportunity out in D.C.? Is, is that what it was? No, what, it is, what it is is people aren't aware. You have people, uh, young people who have never been on the mall, to the mall, the National Mall, who don't go to the museums. And, you know, D.C. is a major tourist uh, place, but there are young people who have not been to the museums and to the mall or any of the uh, different things, and they're not aware of the opportunities. That people come from around the country to take advantage of the opportunities, yeah. and so there there are mentoring groups like 100 Black Men and some of the sororities and fraternities that provide information and opportunities to some of these young people to show them a different way of life. So I'm looking at the statistics. If we're just talking number of people who were murdered, Chicago's number one. But if we're talking per capita, like looking at the murder rate, St. Louis, Missouri is at the top of the list. Yes. And that's my point. That's my point. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so for the size of the city, the murder rates is is a lot higher. Yeah, followed by Baltimore, Maryland, which is number two. Well, listen, it, murder anywhere—it's all bad. I mean, Chicago, whether it's Chicago, Kentucky, or, or 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 Missouri, you know, what I'm saying it's it's all bad. And I don't understand how. I don't know if there's too many guns out on the streets or. Oh, Don, um, you understand. If you provide people opportunity and show them that there's a different way, mm-hmm. then they won't they won't go along the negative path. Let me just tell you very briefly. There was a young man who was in the juvenile justice system, and he had the opportunity to 
intern in the office of then Senator Barack Obama. And a number of years ago, I was at the Congressional Black Caucus, uh, uh, the dinner, and he was this young man, after having interned with then Senator Barack Obama, was graduating from Morehouse College. So you give people opportunities and show them that there's a different way. They will take advantage of the opportunities that are available to them. All right. Thank you so much for the call, and, and uh, happy 2022, Fahima. Happy New happy Year. 2022. Happy Happy right. 2022. You can untie Kier, Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got you. All right, thank you so much for the phone call. All right, uh, more of this conversation when we come forward. It's KBLA Talk 1580. Nobody's perfect, but everybody's important. Don't change the dial. We've got a lot to talk about. This is KBLA Talk 1580. History is now, and you are part of it. Thank you for spending your days with KBLA Talk 1580. Let's jump back into the conversation. We've got a lot to talk about. Um. Also, we got our fifth and final winner in the KBLA Talk 1580 $500 holiday cash giveaway. Um. Let's see here. Oh man, I didn't win. I listen. I told you I was. I was trying to like put you know all kind of different names to see if I can win. Um, Marquita Birdsong. Woo! Marquita Birdsong. Marquita downloaded the KBLA app. Took a few uh, short minutes to fill out her winner uh, survey um, and qualified her for five hundred dollars in holiday cash. So thanks to all of you guys who have uh, downloaded the uh, KBLA app. We appreciate you. Congratulations, um, Marquita. Yeah. So please uh, download the app. It's very simple. Just uh. Go to the uh, Google Play Store, Apple App Store, KBL, KBLA, which is pretty interesting. Some people still have a hard time doing that. I know. You know, it, but it's I find it's more tech, non-savvy people. You just have to search KBLA. B-L-A. It's the first thing that pops it's, up. It's very funny that you think that the smartphone's been out for 20 years, but there's some people who still cannot. My, like, my, my mother, I couldn't. If I were to tell her how to download the app, she wouldn't. She'd be like, what? It's What's, a learning curve. It's a Listen. She's still beating the face of her phone trying to open it. I'm like, you just touch the phone and slide it. You know, you know um, so there are people out there who uh, need your help in downloading the app if you already downloaded it. Um, and we're trying to help spread the word. So if you can go to them, help them download the app, put it on their phone. Uh, this is not probably going to be the only time that we're giving away holiday cash. Um, you know, we got Black History Month coming up. Yep. Uh, we got MLK uh, coming up. Um we got a lot of stuff coming up, and we want to make sure that you're connected so that when we move, you move, and that uh, you'll be able to make a lot of money. I have a random uh, request. Win a lot of money, yeah. That guy who called in that one time, if you're listening, who has the apartments in Pasadena, can you call back <laughs> and give us your information again? Because I have a friend looking for a spot, and I was like, I don't think I got his information. Did you save uh, it? I don't. I, I remember. Maybe but Maybe Andy has it. If you're listening, sir, please call back. Oh, Andy, you got it? Oh, wait. Oh, you... Oh, oh, okay. Andy does have it. Okay, oh, may, maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. We gonna see. <laughs> maybe we will see. Uh, a news anchor um, made a reference on air. An Asian news anchor made a reference on air about what she was eating for the New Year's Eve and got a phone call. And uh, we'll play it next. And uh, I'll ask you, is it racist? Yikes. Uh, we'll get to all of that along with your phone calls. 800-920-1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica. He dies? Why? You're not killing anybody. You have a grand piano with flowers on it. You have a heart carved into your hair. You pay your taxes. Just be proud of that, okay? Okay. Just be who you are. In 2021, can we just be who we are? Can we stop trying to play and fill roles and pretend like we're in some movie? 
Well, that's life. Come is on, it? Now. Is it life, though? I feel like everybody thinks they're in Too Fast, Too Furious. That's not real, y'all. That's not real. Well, it's real to them. I don't know. Uh, let's go to Kenneth. Uh, Kenneth. Oh, look, look, Kenneth, a loyal listener. He heard your request, and he's here to loan you his keys to his apartment that he's going to rent, rent-free. Isn't that right, Kenneth? Is Kenneth gone? Don Kira, you yeah. guys, you guys lost me that quick. <laughs> oh, look, I, I just, I, I found your information. Andy actually had it, but do you still have places for rent? Oh, I, I do. You know what? Actually, uh, the one I was telling you about is actually one I'm doing a, a makeover on. Is what it is. I don't know if, if uh, we were last time talking. You remember I was telling you that I had to do some work to it. And it was just going to be a little bit, going to take me about a month or so, you know, to uh, actually, you know, get it all back together like I wanted, you know, appealing and, you know, for someone to move into is what I wanted to do. So, you that's know, um, perfect. that's what the way it is. I'm gonna look at, see, I'm trying to make connections. I'm texting your information to my friend right now. Oh, okay. So you do. Okay. You do have it. Great. Awesome. I, I was pulling up in the driveway and I heard this and I thought, oh, wait a minute. They're talking about me and they lost my information. Oh, no. <laughs> See, Andy, Andy is faithful. He found your information, but I thought about you over break. My friend who lives Andy, in Pasadena was like, I'm looking for a place and my rent's gone up so much. And do you have any suggestions? And I was like, as a matter of fact, I do. Yeah, right here. All right. Well, we got your <laughs> right information. Thank, and thank you for listening. I appreciate the uh, appreciate your ears, all right? Awesome. You guys have a great show. So, right. yeah, you know, awesome. All right. All right. Bye thank kid. you. See, uh, do you know what that is? That's the Lord. Ask and you shall receive. <laughs> that's the Lord. Just put it out there. Sometimes, look, that's a lesson for 2021. Sometimes you just got to open your mouth because closed mouths don't get, get fed. fed. There you go. Ask for what you want. All right. So is this racist? This is a... Um, News reporter on the air in St. Louis, I believe. Yeah, in St. Louis. Her name is Michelle Lee. And they're talking about New Year's Eve food, stuff that you eat on New Year's Eve. Grains actually symbolize wealth. We can guess why. Black-eyed peas represent coins, luck, or the promise of prosperity. Cornbread is for gold, and eating it brings the hope of extra spending money in the new year. And then pork signifies prosperity and progress because, get this, pigs root ahead as they eat as opposed to backwards like chickens or those turkeys. I ate dumpling soup. That's what a lot of Korean people do. All right, it is New <laughs> well, so Year's, she's, which means... She's Korean. Okay. So that comment that she got uh, that says, I ate dumpling soup for New Year's Eve, created a phone call. A Hi, um, this evening your Asian um, anchor uh, mentioned something about being Asian and Asian people eat dumplings on New Year's Day. And uh, kind of take offense to that, because what if one of your white Anchors said, well, uh, white people eat this on uh, New Year's Day. Um, I don't think it was appropriate that she said that. And she was being very Asian. And I don't know. Uh, she can keep her Korean um, to herself. All right. Sorry. It was annoying. I just because if a white person would say that, it they would get fired. <laughs> so say something about what white people eat. So, all right, thank you. I don't, I don't get it. Okay, first Is of all, racist? I hear white people all the time say, you know, we eat pumpkin pie at my house, or 
white people make jokes about, oh, you know, they say our food isn't as seasoned. If you're talking about yourself, it's fine. Why can't you share your culture? You know what's so weird is that perception is just it's just so weird how people perceive things. I mean, Michelle Lee uh, of NBC, um, the local affiliate in St. Louis, just made a throwaway comment about they were talking about food to eat on New Year's Eve, what it symbolizes. And she was like, oh, we ate dumplings. My family's Korean. How is how, how is that offensive in any possible way? Because she mentioned her race, and white people think a perfect racial society means being colorblind and not wanting us to talk about race or culture at all, which to me is actually erasing a group of people who have a color and a culture. And I think if a white person mentioned what they had for dinner on new year's eve i don't think they would get fired either i don't i don't i don't i don't i don't even know why you wasted your life calling are you kidding you know how many posts i saw during october like oh it's basic white girl season it's time for (laughs) uggs and pumpkin spice latte basic white girl season you haven't even heard about that no basic white girl season. basic white girl season what does that mean it's the pumpkin spice latte pumpkin spice candles the uggs the leggings Okay, let's celebrate that. Yeah, it's it's people, white girls make jokes about it all the time. Like, yes, I am a basic white girl. Yes, I love the pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks, which, it's by the way, good. is bomb. It's very okay? good. I didn't think it's I would bomb. like it. I didn't. Right. Think, I I was like, what is this? Let me try it. It was amazing. Look, when it comes to fall, I definitely have a basic white girl taste. But they make jokes about that all the time. I love Uggs. It's fine. Yeah, Uggs are great. They're comfortable. They're cute. Krista had a really cute pair yes. of Uggs the other day. I, I don't. I don't. I don't get it. Um, I don't. This. This is where just like, yo, just mind your own business. Mind your own mind, business. Mind your own business. What it really sounded like is I don't want your Korean culture inserted into my news. Keep it to yourself. Okay, then don't eat the dumplings. Don't have dumplings. Don't have anything else. It's We're talking about food, but but I, but there is, a, I guess there is a, a segment of the population out here that feels that you're, you're invading traditional American value and things with this culture outside of america but american culture is made up yeah. it's a melting pot of different cultures so I mean, you want to go back it's english culture i mean if you want yeah. if you really want to go back you know you go over to the uk that's where where you know where you all came from it is whatever place. we say it is that's that's the beauty well that's supposed to be the beauty of america we get to define what american okay. culture is yeah i it's it's very weird that people have something to say about everything but i mean that's what happens when you're in the media all right um we're going to get to homicides here in Los Angeles. Um, as we talked about the number in Chicago being 700, um, it's a lot less here in L.A. Um, we'll talk about that when we come forward. Take your phone calls at 800 This is Don Amici versus everybody with Kristen Kiar. Minus Krista, who was out today on KBLA Talk 1580. We know you have options, but thank you, thank you for making the best choice. The only station in L.A., of the people, by the people, for the people. We are unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. Stay tuned. We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. Oh, you know, we, we, we lost a couple of people here. We lost Betty White, which she just couldn't hold... We, she couldn't hang in there. She couldn't. She I almost ran Betty White over once. What? When I worked at CAA. Mm-hmm. She was on the elevator in front of me, and I wasn't paying attention. I was texting. And she was walking <laughs> off real slow, and I almost knocked her over. Oh, my God. I could have been the one to take her out. Betty White was such a talented actress um, and the one to take her out. That's the last thing you want to do is take America's sweetheart out. Can I ask you? Yeah. I don't know. 
much about her early careers, but I was looking at pictures of her, and she was beautiful. She was a did singer. Did she pay? Did she? Oh, she was a singer too. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of people don't know she was a singer. She was a singer. Did she? Did she what? Did she play like the cute, pretty girl roles, or was she always kind of the funny girl? I think that became later on in life. I think that. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. My interaction with, with Betty White was through the Golden Girls. But she was already old. Right. Like, look at this. I don't know young Betty White. She looks like a young debutante. Because. Yeah, that's like Cinderella. I don't know who that is. I feel like, unfortunately, with women, there's a, a, almost like a time stamp in the entertainment industry for how long you're allowed to be in the. Pretty? Yeah. Pretty. And you're in the media and everybody loves you and you're a cover of magazines and then you get to be a certain age. And people kind of forget about you. But Betty, I feel like, was really smart. I don't know what her early career was like. I'd love to know if anyone knows. But she became the funny girl. And you can be funny forever. Yeah, because people love to laugh. Let's see, she started in radio back in the late 40s, or 50s. Oh, she started in radio? A lot, well, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of older actors, they started acting on the radio. Wow. Um, Wait, what do you mean acting on the radio? No, so before there was TV. They the TV shows they were acting out on the radio, like television shows, but the radio. Oh, yes, like so we would like scripted. Yes. Wow. Presented by Geritol. You know, I mean, um, Lucille Ball did that. Um, a lot of the wow. old, a lot of the old school actors. Um, the original Don Amici um, started off in radio. Wow. Um, and then and then you know TV came or pictures came around or whatever and then then they they they, um, they moved over to the small and big screen, but yeah everything was uh, you know you you would sit around the radio and listen to the old timey programs. If you have satellite radio, there's a channel I think on there that will play a lot of these old school um, radio programs. Matter of fact, there was a station here in LA KFWB. As a kid, I used to listen to at night. They would play old school. It was a it was KFWB News ninety eight. I think at nighttime. They would play old school, old time radio classics. So it's basically like a scripted podcast, but on the radio. Um, no, oh. uh, it's more like uh, let's see here, like I mean, an audiobook or something. Let's see here. Let me see if I can find a. Um, let me see if I can find a good radio classic. Radio classic. Let's see if I can find something. Um. So this, this would, it would be something like this. Around Dodge City, in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. So they'd have a whole orchestra. They'd have a guy wow. doing sound effects. You but the orchestra these... wasn't live in the studio, right? It's probably um, or I think some of this stuff was recorded in front of an audience, to where they would they would have an audience listening, and the, they would you see the actors, and they would act, act it out loud. And they had sponsors, and this is you know this is people would. I think they. I don't remember when they stopped doing this, but as people started getting more into TV, these these radio programs kind of slowly faded out. Wow! And radio kind of shifted over to talk and music and stuff like that. See, the the reason I love Betty White is because I feel like she is an example of someone who was living out her purpose till her last days, and I really love that. Yeah, I mean, she you know she found a a, a career. She became very successful later on in life. I mean, that's where I remember Betty White from. Um, 
you know, she, she, she was on Mama's Family and the Golden Girls. So I remember that. Um, but the Golden Girls, which was a TV show, I want to say in the 80s or 90s. She was old in the eighties. Yes, that's what's crazy to me. But she she played it. She played an a, an amazing part on the on the Golden Girls, and um, you know she was she was and she was still working at this late age. Mm. They would bring her out to do I think movies and cameos and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And people loved her because she was funny. She's so funny. Every I there's this one movie with Sandra Bullock. It's about the proposal. Yeah. I loved her in the proposal. Thought she was so hilarious. She, she, who else? Uh, so she passed away at ninety nine. One, one, one day. year. Yeah. Well, she was her birthday is like in two weeks. That's crazy. And then uh, I think they're getting ready to do a um, a birthday celebration show for her. Um, that's gonna keep. That's gonna go on. So it's probably gonna be a celebration of her life, which is dope. I think that's so cool. I actually had a friend the other day who was telling me that they wanted to get into like production and movies and directing, and they were like, "Yeah, but I'm already 30. And I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Betty, work till ninety nine. You have plenty of time. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing with Hollywood is that you never know when your opportunity and your big break is going to come. It could come for some. I mean, one one of the ac- actors that was in Wakanda, I think she made it big later on in life. Now, most people want to they want to have the starter when they're younger. Mm-hmm. They don't want to wait till like ni- they're ninety to pop. Well, what's the latest year that you would change your career? Like, would you? If you decided you wanted to get into movies, would you make that switch at this point? Anyway? Yeah, I, I think it's it's a hard. It, it, it is a hard journey that you have to take serious that you don't know if you're ever going to be successful in because there are only X amount of jobs and more people going after them. But if you are un- unique and good at what you do, you may rise above the rest. It's very competitive. I know a lot of actors who this is what they've done you know, their whole life, and they're like, when, it, when is it going to happen? Literally, I was watching Wheel of Time the other day, which is on Amazon. Great movie if you like, or show if you yeah. like fantasy. And there's this character, don't be offended, he's uh-huh. an ogre. But he's, <laughs> a, he's a cool ogre because he reminded me of you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I literally I'm an thought, ogre? No, I just, his, his voice and the way that he commanded attention with his voice, he was actually one of the academic characters, even though he looks like an ogre. An ogre. But I thought to myself, Don could do this. Like Wait, you have that that type of voice, you know what I mean? Well, I, I would voice acting. Yeah. Well, oh. he wasn't he wasn't just voicing; he was playing the oh. ogre. Oh, he was playing the ogre. Yeah, but I was I just saw the character and I was like, that could be done. You know, I mean, I um, I've been in a film or two. What films? Uh, let me see here. Um, what, what movies you been in? Let me see here. Um, um, let me see if I can find it. They call me Bill was the film I was in. Uh, or was it Call Me Bill? What role did you play? Um, I played gangbanger number two. Gangbanger number two. <laughs> okay, look, this is the picture of the ogre. <laughs> He's in a costume, obviously. <clears throat> Hilarious. Um, I gotta find. I'll, I'll during the break. I'll see if I yeah, can. Yeah, I, I want to see. I, I can find you where I played gangbanger. Gangbanger number two. Number two. I got an IMDb credit for that. Good for you. Yeah, I got an IMDb credit. I got an IMDb credit. <laughs> I was a high schooler in All American. All oh one episode. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. Did you did you go down? Oh no, they the, they they were shooting at a school then. Mm, it was shot at a church actually because it was a church scene. Oh okay. Yeah, I was in the church choir. Um, another person we lost here was um. Let me see if I can I can get him. Um, we lost. Uh, our good friend uh, Max Julian. Um, he played Goldie from the Mac. 
This is I guarantee you don't know who this is. I have but no idea. Back back in the seventies, they had they had these things called black exploitation films, um, where it was it was like a lot of black film, but it was very like ghetto and pimpy. So here, here here's Max, Mr. Pretty Tony. I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, you just chose me. Now we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster. You you ain't no pimp. You're a rest haven for hoes. You're a car thief, a car thief. The one you got out there is probably hot as a firecracker right now. I'm gonna make you wish you never was born. Let's get out this dump. I had to clean a lot of that up because uh, the Mac was uh, a very, um, a lot of vulgar colorful. language. A lot of colorful language in, in the Mac, but uh, you know. He, he passed? He passed away. Um, he died, he, let's see, he died January 1st due to uh, undisclosed circumstances. According wow. to his PR team, um, in a statement they say in part during Julian's decades-long career, he was known for being bold, honest, and straightforward. He would uh, live and speak in his own truth, both professionally and privately. Uh, he was thought of as a rare man among men. Um, so the Mac is dead. And then, um, you know, Tracks a Million passed away, which is uh, another kind of, uh, this is more of a Northern California thing. Um, Tracks a Million produced... I mean, he, he was responsible for the, or helped create the whole hyphy movement. Um, I think he worked with Keith Sneak. He worked with uh, Mr. FAB, the Hood Stars, uh, the Pack, uh, Clyde he Carson. Pass away? It didn't really say how he passed away. Um, they just said he passed away. And Trax, Trax was very successful at producing a lot of Northern California uh, uh, hip-hop artists out there. Uh, so shouts out to his family and um, uh, kind of another legend is, is, is gone. But a lot of the, a lot, he was doing a lot of work uh, during the mid-2000s, during the whole hyphen movement when, it, when everything was just, everybody was going crazy uh, up in Northern California and Northern California was on fire. You we need another hyphen movement. Past, um, Angela Kukowski. Who's that? I wanted to talk about that so bad. I really missed radio. The business manager <laughs> for Kim Kardashian, who I was did see that. I saw that. with a knife and then found by her, in a car. By her boyfriend or by, her husband? Allegedly by her boyfriend. We don't know the facts yet. Crazy story. Yeah, and that woman worked for with everybody. Yeah. Which I was like, ooh, that's kind of close to home. I know. Wow. I just, I can't believe it. I can't believe that people are still, like, brutally slaying people with knives in 2022. Well, you know, the pandemic... The pandemic and money and stress in the holiday season, it, you know, it, it puts a lot on people. Um, and some people are, are just barely holding on. And, uh, you know, being either cooped up with another person. Um, I mean, look look at how many relationships have ended this year. I mean, the police report, though, said that it was like a malicious slaying. Yeah. And very intentional. Like someone wanted her I hated to suffer you. greatly. Yeah, I hated you. Mm-hmm. I could understand, not I could understand, but, you know, in that book we listened, or I was reading from O.J. Simpson, if I had done it, yeah. this is what I would have done. Yeah. His story was like, oh, no, I went into a rage, and then I just couldn't believe that I shot the body. Like, you do something stupid, and then you're like, <gasps> but to maliciously cut someone to pieces, you got to be a certain type of person. Pandemic is not an excuse. Well, no, I think people are at their wit's end. We just played uh, not too long ago, a few weeks ago, about a guy who went and killed his girlfriend. Oh, yeah, I forgot about who that. Who was going to, I guess he said, keep the baby away and then killed the mother of his children. Jesus. I mean, you know, that's 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 really you got to be at your wit's end to, to sit there and kind of, I guess, lose it that much where you're just going to 
kill somebody. We need the world. We need Jesus to come back ASAP. <laughs> I don't know if we want Jesus to come back because that means that means it's all over. Listen, I'm fine with that. I don't. I'm scared going into public spaces. I went and saw Spider Man over the break, and with my sister and the poet, and these two men came in behind us wearing masks. And of course, my sister and I were like, "Well, we're about to die," because they looked white. Who goes to a movie theater? No, I'm just talking. I'm not talking about masks, like for protection, like yeah. full face covering masks, like you're about to rob a place. And they looked real scary. But apparently, they were also going to see Spider Man and were just in costume because Spider Man has the, you know, I, the uh, mask thing. But I was really like, they're pulling out a gun. This is it. I thought the same thing as I was sitting in the theater watching Spider Man. I'm like, I haven't been to the theater in a very, very long time, and I'm like, this is kind of. Kind of dangerous sitting right? here. You're kind of just like uh, open to the public. Um, and uh, how many Spider-Man universes are there? Did you like it? I loved it. I was a, I was a little perplexed and lost uh, that we have morphed into some parallel universe when it comes to Spider-Man. Well, did you see all the old Spider-Mans? Um, yes. And I don't even know how we got here. I'm confused. I'm like, who? How, how is it's the... a, this? Is how they tried to explain it because there was a Toby. Was that the first one? Toby yeah. McGuire and Kirsten Dunst. Then there was a second one. I forget his name, but he was funny. And then this third guy. They tried to explain the reason why there's so many different Spider-Man movies is because they're all in a different parallel universe. Parallel universe. I, that made so much sense to me. Okay. Spidey Spideyverse. Is that how? If that's how we have to justify one more Spider-Man. I. I got really emotional watching the old Spider-Mans on in screen with the new Spider-Man. Yes, the whole theater was clapping. Yeah, it's I like clapped. they were waiting for some reason to see Tobey Maguire, and I'm like, I couldn't wait. I because the other Spider-Man came out, and I was like, man, I wish they would have brought Tobey because he's the real Spider-Man in my head. <laughs> that upside down kiss with Kirsten Dunst forever a Spider-Man movie. And then when he came out, I I'm pretty sure I had a tear drop. Uh, well, everybody was cheering and screaming. I'm like, I must be way too old to be sitting in this theater right now. You I'm didn't like, cheer? No, I I don't even get that. It didn't affect you? No. What about when the second Spider-Man saves... Vaguely remembered who that Zendaya was. Zendaya, because in the old movies, that's how his his person died. died. Oh, I didn't that's even know that. That's how his Mary Jane died. I had no idea. You did it? Done. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm like, what? I, I like, how did we get three Spider-Mans? Wow. And who is this guy killing everybody? And I'm, I think there's going to be another one. Did you watch the black cartoon? The Spider-Universe black cartoon, Spideyverse? No, I when you talk about with Venom? Uh... I don't think that's what it's called. He's a Spider-Man too, but he's black. That's Venom. And it was a cartoon. Oh yeah, Venom. I think they're gonna. I think that's Venom, right? Is that Eddie? Is that Venom or no? You don't know. I think that's Venom. I think they're gonna incorporate him into this next movie. Into the next movie. Yeah, I think Venom is the black spot. I think, right? Is it? I think. I think. Yeah, Venom is the blue. Oh no, no, maybe Venom is not the black Spider-Man. No. So wait, you didn't watch the cartoon? I. Look, I it's good. Look, the last time I watched Spider-Man was in the '80s when he was climbing uh, on on uh, on on um, on buildings, and it was a made-for-TV movie. Oh that was the gosh. last Spider-Man I, I watched. Oh, it's called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Spider and he's so cute. Look at him. <laughs> oh, there's oh that cartoon. Yeah. Oh, that came out like recently, right? Yeah, I think they're going to incorporate him into the new movies. Oh, you're not a real fan, Don. No, I'm not. Wait, why did you even go watch the movie? Uh. It's, Something to do. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I got drugged to it. Somebody wanted to go see it, so I went and uh, I went and, and, and checked it out. You know, it was it was good. It was good. Yeah. A little too long for me, but it was oh good. Oh my gosh! All right, um, more of this conversation when we come forward. This is KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. Build black better. Better. Tweet it. Tell it. LA finally has a black owned talk radio station, and it's unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. 